We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed. Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Thursday, March 9th. And we'll be talking about we'll be talking about measuring accuracy of projections and ownership, the, the correlation of determination, the coefficient, the coefficient of determination, right? R squared, right? It's math class. Welcome to math class, folks, right? This is where the viewer count drops, but uh, we, we got we got our we got our hardcore people. We got our early birds in here. Watasuki Singh, as usual. Deepik, Barpy, Daniel Hutchins. Good morning. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the dummy thumbs in the morning. It wakes you up, right? I got a little vanilla frappuccino thing. It'll wake you up. Hit hit the thumbs up button. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit all the buttons. Hit all the buttons. Helps us out. Uh, remember tomorrow, Friday, we got a we got a UFC card. On 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 Saturday, fourteen fights. I think Carlston Harris got a got a replacement. I think Jared Gooden is fighting him, so there'll be fourteen fights. We'll be uh, breaking down strategy strategy for the MML MMA slate uh, tomorrow. So tune into that for Fighting Fridays because that's uh, that's our only free content for MMA. If you want to get our premium stuff, the Ground and Pound podcast with Liam and Mike breaking down all the fights. Mike coming off his you know six figure MMA win. 
So go go check that out in the premium section. You get the expert survey. You get everything. What, what What's up, Devin? I mean, it's actually a good time for me to note that we actually have an MMA crunch time added to the schedule for Saturdays now. So oh, we, we started, do? Started last weekend, first episode, Mike won 149,000. So off to a hot oh, start. We'll I, see if we can. I play MMA and I don't get told this. We, get we'll see if we can that. keep the, the record rolling. Yeah, well, you've been okay. a little out of the loop, but, you know. Okay, so they're doing, they're doing, so it, it, it's Mike and who? And Drew Matthews, Red Kachik. Oh, okay. Okay, so they're doing they're doing MMA MMA thing. Okay, two twenty. Right, while I'm probably building lineups, right? Probably, so, yeah. Right, that's uh, okay. Okay, <laughs> we'll, so we'll have to have good. you on sometime. I mean, you could, I guess. I mean, I don't know. What can I What can I say other than you know, I built some lineups and here's plus EV lineups and there you go. Have play me. whoever you want, baby. Play whoever you want. Right, play whatever fighter you want. Okay, so that's good. So that that's uh, uh, I'm assuming an hour before hour before. Yeah, about forty minutes before. Okay, okay. So that's a, that's a new show. Okay, but that's not premium. Is that premium? Nope free no oh, that's it's free crunch, crunch oh it's time free. sponsored by fan duel oh so why am i doing fighting fridays why not why not i love the answer i love the answers i don't know <laughs> why not <laughs> I, I like prom- i like promoting it as that it's oh it's our only free mma content until it's not okay well there you go that's fine that's fine okay so you got crunch time you got crunch time free crunch time brought to you by fan duel FanDuel, even though you know their MMA contest, eh, not not that not the greatest, but obviously there's soft money over there. So so that's tomorrow, Fighting Fridays. Uh, okay, so uh, Defix says in the chat, Daniel may be a little ahead of uh, the rest of us. We're talking about math terms. Yeah, nerdy tenors. Nerdy tenors gonna gonna uh, uh, error check me. Error check me today. I don't know uh, on on the math on measuring accuracy because people ask me all the time. Okay, they ask uh, many times because. Obviously, I say I say all the time, in order to implement these blunt methodologies of building plus EV lineups, you need a way of turning names into numbers, okay? You need to project something, project ownership, project fantasy points. Now, a lot of people may instinctually just do it in their head. Oh, I think Nerlens Noel is going to play 24 minutes and score around 20 points. Okay, and maybe you play him and maybe you don't. Oh, I think he's going to be 10% on. I think he's going to be 30% on. You could you, you could guesstimate that in your head if you're building lineups, but obviously it's much more accurate long-term to have some type of model to do so. Okay, and that's what we offer here at Roto-Grinders, a way to turn player names into numbers. To me, it's the most important thing. It's table stakes. Do you, do you need projections? Yes, you need projections. Do they have to be, they have to be the most accurate? Well, they just have to be reasonably accurate, more so than the field, right? Than the random people, right, saying, I think New Orleans Noel is going to do well today, right? It's going to be more accurate than that, okay? So that's why you sign up for Roto-Grinders. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Sign up for, you know, the NBA package, the MLB package, the combo premium. You get everything. So why not do that? You get lineup HQ. You get... You get, you get literally everything, right? You get everything. I think except NASCAR, okay? Maybe you don't get literally everything, but you get almost everything. It's close enough. It's close enough. Uh, just like my, I only have the, I'm the only one with the free MMA content here. It's close. It's close enough. It's close. Uh, so, uh, so these numbers, so people ask, it's like, okay, well, obviously, you know, Roto-Grinders, you know, it's not, it's not the only site out there. It's not the only model. You can build your own model, right? You can build your own model in Excel. You can build your own model you can use Python, SQL, whatever, whatever you want to do. Uh, how do you measure the accuracy of it, right? How do you measure it? Like, okay, what what model is more accurate than others? What projections are more accurate than others? Well, how do you measure them? 
Well, typically, typically uh, the bluntest way mathematically to measure it is with what's called R squared or the, the coefficient of determination. Basically taking a set of numbers and then another set of numbers and seeing how close they are to each other. Right. In comparison. That's, I mean, that's the very bare basic, right? I project one, two, three, and it comes out one, two, three. So what's the R squared? One. It's perfect. Right. It's exactly the projected versus actual. Okay. So you can calculate that. We can see right here. You graph it out. That's why these, these plot points. So if you project something for 30, it comes out 30. Project up something for 20, it comes out 20. Project it for 10, it comes out 10. You see that the model, right, with the X is right on the line. R squared correlation R2 is one, right? Now let's say it's like, oh, you got 30 right, you got 20 right, but 10, you projected 10, the actual was 12, right? Now it goes down a little, 0.996. So you can see the plot point right there, okay? So this is what R squared is. And what it's going to, what this number is going to show is, is going to show the total. This is where we start getting to the caveats of why R squared in and of itself isn't the best way of determining a model's accuracy as a whole. Okay. It it is the total, total delta between projected and actual the total delta so for instance if i have something like this if i project let's say the guy we're using three numbers right so let's say something like this i project 30 comes out 35 i project 20 it comes out 20 i project 10 but it comes out five what's the r squared one two numbers are not accurate but one number is five points less, and one number is five points more. So as a total, the R squared is still one, okay? So all these numbers, like I could have five numbers here. So let's go, let's go down. Let's, let's put five numbers in, right? Because you'll see, the thing I'm, I'm pointing out is because you'll see someone say, I have projections and it's R squared is 0.92. Like, what does that mean? Well, my, my R squared is 0.88. Like, does that mean that the 0.92 model is better than the 0.88 model? Not necessarily. Depends what you mean by more accurate or what, what makes it more useful. Because to us in DFS, we don't care about the accuracy. We care about, about what that measurement is in comparison to what we could win or do better or build better lineups than the field in DFS. So it's not necessarily even about being the most accurate overall. That's the key word, overall. We'll get through it. So let's say, let's say we put in five numbers. All right, so 50, 40, whatever. I'm just, you know, going, going down the line, right? If they were perfectly accurate, right? 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, R squared one, right? You plot it across right here, right? But let's say this one is off 10, more than 10. This one is up 15, uh, 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 60, 45. Let, let's, let's, let's add, let's add another, right? To make it, make it even. Five. Five. Okay. So this is 10 more, five more, right? Maybe this one is five less, right? This one is make this 65. So that's 15 more, five more. So that's 20 total, minus five, minus five, minus 10, 
minus 5, something like that, or maybe something like this. R squared, 0. 0.933. Okay, so it's kind of kind of 0.933. Like mo- most of these are not on the gr- on the line. You can see here, like one is, like we put this at one, right? Do you see how the R squared actually went up? The only number that was exact was five and five, yet when I go down to one, the R squared actually comes up, right, versus five, right? 0.93 only costs the, the slope of the line because I'm making up for the points that it's up from 50 to 65. I start lowering that, 50 to 60, right? It should start getting a higher R squared total, right? 0.967, 0.967. This also exists in proportion. So let's say the numbers were 30, 20, 10, and the actual was 20, 40, 60. R squared is one. None of them hit the line, but the R squared is one because in proportion, the model, the model is accurate. The model is accurate. Okay. So do you see how, how this could go wrong by just purely measuring models by R squared of projected versus actual? Okay. So it's a total. So let's just say, for instance, This is where we get wrong. Let's say on just one given slate, obviously a sample size of one is too small. You'd be measuring this out over hundreds of slates, okay? What is the projected median, right? The projection, 45. And the guy scored 58 points. And then the next day, like all the projections, all 200 players, what their projection are and then what the actual was. And then you go day by day and then you add up all of the sets and then you'd have an R squared with a large enough sample size. But let's say in one given slate, let's say, for instance, uh, we projected like a player, NBA, doesn't matter. Let's say we have have multiple projected players for around 40, right? right, We have two at 40, two at 39, two at 38, right? Something like this, right? Let's say the actual, this guy scored uh, 56. This guy scored... 38, this guy scored 46, this guy scored 30, this guy scored 44, this guy scored 26 or something like that, right? Projected 40, actual 56. So what's the R squared? 0.237. Like almost like, oh, R squared is 0.237. Like it's bare, it's barely there in total. Right? But let's say we start adding players that from the bottom. Let's say we project some like bench guy or something for like 10. Right in basketball or something. Right? We have some some of these bench guys at 10. Right? Let's take six of them. Right? Now, these bench guys typically score a couple of points, right? off the bench. So let's say let's say these guys, you know, this guy scored, you know, 12. This guy scored 8. This guy scored 9. This guy scored 11. This guy scored 12. This guy scored 10, something like that. Now the R squared of the whole set is 0.82. 
what's the problem here? Okay, what is the problem? When, when we include, when we just had all these guys that project for 40, 39, 38, you know, guys like that, we go to the, the lineup HQ, like the guys, you know, up here. Desmond Bain, Seth Curry, who are you know, all the all the, the, the guys with the the, be- the better projection values. The guys at the bottom, I mean, we take a look at the bottom of the projections, right? What's at the bottom here, right? It's okay. We project Joe Ingles, 18 minutes, 11 points. Eugene Omarui, or whatever is that, 13 minutes, 10 point projecting, right? These guys. Obi Toppin, 12 minutes, 9, 9 fantasy point median. Something like that. Like that's who that's who I'm included in this set now, alongside the Desmond Baines and the and the Lucas and you know whatever who are you know the the, the the actual good players. I take these out and I just do actual, you know, projected versus actual. The R squared is like garbage, It's quote garbage. I add those players at the bottom. Now the R squared is 0.82, right? Now that now 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 it's like oh okay this is pre- pretty damn accurate right point eight two ain't that bad you see a problem here the problem here is that the players that are the most accurate right closest to their projection are players that like no one's using right we take a look at the DraftKings see we we project we have uh, we're on today's slate right now according to the two fourteen I could probably update this. We have 196 players projected. We'll reload this. Maybe we'll have an update. Yeah, 10.44 a.m. Okay, 196 players projected. We take a look. It's like Desmond Bain, 45. Giannis, 58. Seth Curry, 24. Jalen Green, 35. Cam Thomas, 27. If you take a look at the ownership, it's like, oh, these are people that people are playing. Right? We go down to the bottom. It's like Patty Mills, 14 minutes, 9.88. 0.05% like, like, who's playing? Rudy Gay, 3,500 for 15 minutes on Utah. 13 points. Fantasy points. Bryce McGowans, I don't even know who that is. 19 minutes. Shooting guard, small forward for the, for the Charlotte. Like, if you're going to, if you're going to have an R squared and say, I'm going to take 196 players. Their projection, right? Because you could just export it right now. You could just export all of these numbers. So I'm going to take the 45 for Bain, the 58 from Giannis, the 24 from Seth Curry. I'm going to take all, all the way down to Obi Toppin and the guys that play eight minutes. And then I'm going to put that into this R-squared calculator. You're going to see that the R-squared of even on just one single slate is going to be pretty damn high. That's because a lot of the guys that we project for four points are going to score like three or five or like two. It's not going to be that far off from five. The thing is that you're not even playing those. No one's playing them. You're not playing a guy that only projects for five points in your lineup, right? You're probably not. Those those guys are almost irrelevant to the contest. Out of the 196 players in, the, in, the, in this pool, I mean, a good 100 plus are just, who cares if their projections, it doesn't matter. Oh, you projected them for six and they scored nine. Does it matter? Does it matter? Does it matter if that's for they you projected them for six and they scored 16? And does it matter? Six. Oh, well, you could have gotten 16 points for 3,500. You don't even care about that. These are these are irrelevant players. But 
you will see if you're measuring just holistically without any context of like, okay, I'm going to take all the players and measure them against their actual, you'll get high R squared values, even though like, look at, look, if we project all these, let's say a guy projects for 10, all these 10, let's say we put them perfectly, right? All of these are perfect, right? All these, these six scrubs, we project for 10, they score 10, right? I mean, it doesn't move that much, right? 0.83. Let's say these get even further off, right? This guy scores 70. This guy scores 50. This guy scores 22. This guy scores 52. This guy scores 20. This guy scores 64, right? Like really off. 0.656, okay? So that's, that's pretty off. But once you take away all these 10s, uh, make sure I get that. Okay, control command X. Once you take away all of those, like look, 0.147. Look how far off all these are. All, all the players that people will actually play, the R squared is very low. Once you start adding all the scrubs, right? We start adding even more. We go, keep on going, keep on going. Well, the R squared is, you know, goes way up. Right, we start taking these away. Oh, okay. I think I broke it. Yeah, I think I broke it. <laughs> this, is, this is what you get for a free calculator, right? Let's reload it again. So you see, so you see that the perils of just taking a complete set of projections and just saying for one slate, for one slate particularly. Projected versus actual. And just going R squared. Like, if I told you, in in this regard, that one model had a 0.93 and one model had a 0.78, you'd be like, well, I'm, I'm going to take the 0.93. And then it turns out that it's 0.93 because it's very good at the low minutes. But very, but not as good as the, the, the players that are actually, the, the, the players that are actually of good value. They're actually more off on those, but very good, much better on the low minute guys. How how much usefulness does that do for you? Data Hutchins says one adjustment would be to normalize the projections actuals. That would increase the cost of being one point off on a small projection and decrease it for a big one, which I think is what you want. Yep, that's a way to normalize it, right? There are ways to normalize this. I'm going through the caveats of just using R squared as a measurement. I mean, I'm going through the, the fact that most people don't even understand what, this is the first time they've even heard what R squared is, right? What R2, R, R, RSQ, sometimes it's, it's, it's signified as. When you see like a correlation of 0.93, what does that mean, right? An R value, right? This is kind of just an introductory to what, what how do you measure correlation in general? Daniel Hutchins also says another idea would be to measure the average absolute value of the distance between the projection and actual instead of R squared. Yeah, you could do that as well. Obviously, you need large sample sizes, right? If you're just going to do just projection versus actual for one slate, I mean, you say you have a one slate sample size. You would, If you were to do this, you would obviously, this would be over the course of 100 slates, okay? But let's say we're talking about NBA basketball. This is what I'm talking about by usefulness, okay? Where Would you rather... Here's a question for the chat. 
for the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups. In NBA DFS, okay, we're not talking about other sports now because obviously projections work differently in different sports. NBA is the closest to a normally distributed type of uh, type of uh, projection. In NBA, if you if we we have NBA projections right here on Roto Grinders, would you rather have a high R squared? Right. Overall on fantasy points. Overall. And I just showed you the caveats of who cares about the lowest projected players. Like, if anything, take the any player that is 5% owned or more and then do the R, R squared. Okay. At least those are the players that matter. That's another, that's a blunt way of doing it also. But would you rather have that or how about the R squared of the player's usage percentage or the player's minutes? What other things would you prefer to have an high R squared value than fantasy points? Because to me, in NBA basketball, most of the models, as far as how they come up with the range of outcomes, is very similar. Right, you're not you're not you're not getting much much disparity between if this guy plays X minutes, he'll score around this many points, median wise. Deepix says ownership. Well, we'll get to we'll get to ownership, but I'm not talking about ownership. To, in NBA, I'd much rather have a high R squared on minutes. Minutes are manually put in. I mean, are algorithmically estimated and then manually adjusted. Most of NBA projections have to do with minutes. Than anything else, minutes plus usage plus rebound rate plus all all the all the other rates. The rates could go up and down a little, the discrepancy. But if I can nail min, if I have an, imagine having an R squared of one on minutes. You'd probably have the biggest advantage you could possibly have in NBA DFS. On minutes, just on minutes, if you could project minutes well, and be slightly off on the conversion of minutes into fantasy points on average. I think you'll be much better than having a slightly being a more off on minutes, but being a little bit more narrow on the, like the fantasy points per minute, the rates. So we have Desmond Bain, 34 minutes, Giannis, 33, Seth Curry, 28, Jalen Green, 33, Cam Thomas, 28. These are minutes numbers. So to me, I'd much, much rather have a high R squared of minutes than even fantasy points. Because obviously Seth Curry could play 28 minutes and shoot like two for 11 and only score like 16 fantasy points. Is that is that on the model, right? Did he regress so far that we should predict a 22% field goal percentage for this specific game? Probably not. Over the course, over the long period of time, those usage, those rates are going to be, are going to be reasonably accurate. But there's going to be a big difference if Seth Curry plays 28 minutes than if he plays 22 minutes. Or if he plays 28 minutes or he plays 38 minutes based on the rotations. Obviously, there are outlier scenarios, blowouts, foul trouble, right? Those those things are always thrown in. But I'd much rather, like, if we had, like, Desmond Bain, right? If we had minutes calculations. Let's say here, here are the highest owned players, right? And here, here are the projected minutes. For you know, for whatever whatever we have, right? 38, 38 minutes, 26 minutes, like something like that. 
Then it came out like this is that nothing to do with fantasy points. That this guy played 36 minutes, this guy played 30 minutes, this guy played 25 minutes, this guy played 37 minutes, and this guy played 30 minutes, right? Or something like that. A correlation coefficient 0.85 for these five players, right? On just minutes, right? Let's say, let's say another another place had, you know, it like like that, right? Correlation coefficient is 0.96, even closer on the minutes, right? So to me, in NBA, I mean, if someone's going to show me like this R squared of their model being, you know, 0.92 or something, like what does that mean? Like if it's fantasy points versus actual, like that doesn't mean anything because half the pl- more than half the players, I don't care about their being accurate. But if you could get all the if you had if you had 0.92 on minutes, because that could also include the guys that play like four minutes, right? The guys that play 12 minutes, right? The guys that play eight minutes, right? Stuff like that. If you could get me, you could get me a nice, you could get me 0.9 minutes for the minutes, dude. I, I don't mind you being slightly off on the converting the minutes into the, the rates, right? You're you're really good at projecting minutes. In NBA, in NBA specifically, that's important. Daniel Hutchins says, when, when shopping projection systems, I want to know what is the individual projection team value add. Stuff that everyone gets right is not interesting. That's that, essentially saying the same point. That the actual building of an NBA model is not going to be different across, not, not different enough across the way that you make a model. This is the main reason why Derek Hardy doesn't make an NBA model, for instance, right? He, he makes one for baseball. He makes one for football, right? If anything, he said that maybe he'd get into golf more than anything else. But NBA, it's just it's 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 so much more normally distributive, and it's 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 fairly easy to make a reasonably accurate model. Other than the fact that you got to input minutes, right? You got to input who's on the court at what time, right? So really, the main the main value of NBA projections is the people that put in the minutes, right? Or you putting in the minutes, you know better. So you ch- change the minutes. Feel free to change all the minutes if you want. Right? To me, that's the most important thing in NBA projections. Now, once you get into other sports that are like more bimodal, right? Then you don't really have, then you really don't have those inputs. And also, but also you're not really basing it on a median projection. Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to judge a baseball model based on median projection? Projection versus actual? Dude, I mean, in, in baseball, well, you'll, you'll have plenty of times where we have guys that have, you know, eight-point projections that are, like, totally bimodal, right? We have eight-point projection. This guy goes, this guy gets gets a single, right? This guy goes over, over, whatever, right? This guy hits a, a home run and, and a hit or whatever. He has 20 points. This guy went over three. right? This this guy has, has a walk and a run or something and a base hit and a run. This guy has like it went with a walk, a run, and a double or something, right? Something like that. And you look at the R squared, and uh, and and I don't know why it's coming out this way or whatever. Can we put one in there? Is that the reason we're? I have no idea. All these numbers. All right. Or do I? Oh, I have to change the. Okay, it does. It doesn't allow me. Okay, let's just let's just. No, it should. It shouldn't. Shouldn't matter. I have two eight ones in. I don't. I don't know how this little free tool works. Or something, something like this. 
all these eights and whatever. And maybe not, this is, this is probably not a good, a good explanation, right? Eight, nine, 10, 11. I don't know. You can't put in the same thing twice, right? You're, you're going to get a horrible R squared, right? On a bimodal type of projections. So like judging it by like projection versus actual. Rudet Odor, he doesn't do, he has a seven point projection. When does he ever score seven points? Joey Gallo, when does he ever score seven points? On, 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 on sports where the medians are like, that if we go to what a bimodal distribution looks like, right? The medians don't even matter that much, right? Because it looks something more like this. Like here, here's your eight points. Here's your seven points. It happens rarely. It's more likely you get, you know, three points or 15 points or something like that. So measuring it just based on this number there for the whole model, I have an R squared of 0.88. Like what, what, what does that, what, what does that do? Because some, because some, you're gonna you're gonna have sixteen point actuals and zero point actuals that like that counteract each other, and the R square is gonna look good, but like no, everything's you're not even cl- every given day you're gonna have eight point projected players, some of which score twice as much, and some of which score zero, and you're gonna have five players that do it this way and five players that do it that way, and you know what it comes out to? It comes out to even. But if I would tell you, okay, which five players? I don't know. Then what's the point? <laughs> then what's the point of it? Yeah, R squared is a way to measure accuracy, but without the context of what you're measuring, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything in and of itself. So being a projection model or ownership, we we can a lot of times people do ownership. They show my R squared of ownership. Well, the R squared of ownership is this you get the same the same problem that I mentioned before. Let's say, let's say, okay, we have a we're gonna project 30 uh, these, these these ownerships, 30, 30 point projection and 30 point ownership, right? Something like this. Right, 10, right. We have all these players. We project this guy for 30% owned, this guy for 25% owned, this guy for 20% owned, this guy for 15, this guy for 10. And then this. Guy ends up being 50% owned. This guy ends up being 30% owned. This guy ends up being being 17% owned. This guy ends up being being 12% owned. And this guy ends up being 2% owned. This isn't all that accurate. Yeah, you got 20 and 17, 15 and 12. But look, look how much you're off on the first guy. Look at the R squared. The R squared is 0.94, which is pretty damn good. Right? 0.947. Look how far off. The top owned player, oh, 30% and 50% is tremendous. It's tremendous. Let's say it was off by that much, even more. 894, right? A 30% owned guy and a 90. And we thought he was going to be 30% owned. He turned out to be 90% owned. Oh, 0.77 on here, right? 0.77. And let's say we project uh, a couple of players for like 1% owned, right? Something like that. I want two, three, four, five, six. And you know what they come in? They all come in 1% owned. Right? 1% owned players in whatever, basketball or something, right? I mean, we could even say that we projected them at 0.5 or something, like even lower. I put in six players that we all got right, that were we thought they would barely be owned, and they ended up being barely owned. Before, the R squared was 0.77. 
Well, now it actually goes. It actually it actually goes down, 0.693 because of this massive gap over here. Right, end up being two percent owned. 0.68. It doesn't change that much. You, 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 do you see? Do you see the? Do you see the problem with this? If anything, if anything, if anything, the key is if anything. It's not perfect. If you're going to judge and measure the accuracy of projections, whether it being fantasy points, median-wise, or ownership, is the bare minimum is to eliminate all the players that in your mind, whatever facet you want to say, you want to think that don't matter. And weigh the players that matter more, even more. There's a big difference between Desmond Bain being 36% owned and being 56% owned. That's 20%. If you're playing large field, let's say it's a 30,000 person contest. That's an extra 6,000 lineups that have Desmond Bain that you weren't expecting. But a, but a guy down here that's uh, five percent Franz Wagner, 5.7% owned. He ends up being 8.7% owned. That's 3% more lineups. In a 30,000-person contest, that's what? 900 lineups. Which which matters, but not nearly as much as, as Desmond Bain being off by that much. If Giannis, we project at 19% owned, and he ends up being 5% owned. That matters so much more than this guy, than uh, uh, Josh Hart. Instead of being 1.4% owned, he's 2.2%. How, how much does that change what you're doing? Not much. But Giannis's ownership, that'll change. Or Giannis's point projection. There's a big difference between Giannis being projected for 58 and 66. But a guy that projects for down here, guy that projects for uh, 10, actually 16. It may not really matter that much. But if you're measuring all of it together, you're going to get an R-squared value that really isn't representative of the information that is the most useful for DFS, for what you're doing. I'm really bad at projecting the minutes of the stuff, uh, projecting the, 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 the star players. Really bad at it, but really good at projecting the guys that have eight point eight minutes off the bench. Like, which one is more useful to you? Who cares about the eight-minute bench players? Dane Hutchins says it's worth thinking about projections for different kinds of sports. Some sports have a lot of important subjective info. Minutes in NBA, coaching decisions in NFL. Yep, that's correct. Because even NFL projection models aren't... Projection models in general are not that dramatically different from each other. From how, from what, after subjective information is put in, after data is put in. Okay? So when people ask, like, oh, what are the most accurate projections? It's like, well, from a model standpoint, most models are similar enough. There may be some models that are slightly better. I think Cardi's, Cardi's bat is the most accurate baseball projection system overall it encapsulates way more variables 
than any other projection system, projection model that I know of. The Roto-Grinders projections may have, you know, 60 covariants. Cardi's has like 260 covariants. This is going to be a little bit more accurate from a model standpoint. But as far as like, you still have to put pitch counts in for pitchers. And that'll also affect the batters. There's a difference between a 77 pitch count and a 98 pitch count. If it's a bad pitcher and a good pitcher, right? When they get knocked out of a game, like that's the subjective data. You have to put that in. If everyone's subjective data was the same and they put it, you put it through their models, the the projections you're going to get aren't, aren't going to be that dramatically different. That, well, one is better, slightly better than the other. To judge that, you'll need a decade of seasons, only 10 plus seasons to see that one is slightly better than the other. The more important thing is, do you have a model? No. Well, you, you use Roto-Grinders. Does it matter? If you want to, hey, you know how transparent I am on, on, on this show? Use what use whatever model, use whatever model you want. But for the most part, our NBA projections, I believe, are the best in the industry, primarily not because of the model. Yeah, Jamino's model is good, but you know, I think it's it's fairly as long as you're competent, you can build a you can build an an accurate NBA model. The value add is that. We have we have five guys on our projections team that that's what they do all the time, and project that and, and update the minutes and this guy's in and this guy's out. The starting lineup changes and then the past three games this guy has played. They go through all that. They're, they're NBA experts, and they're putting that in that subjective data. NFL, right? We have pro, we have projection teams. What's the target share of this guy going to be? What's the rushing share? Are they going to are they going to look to run more? Are they going to look to pass over the middle more? Are they going to look what's more probable than others? Well, that 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 data that subjectivity, especially in a small sample size sport like NFL, that's you have to put that in. That's the value more so of where you get your projections than the actual like the model. Now, a lot of times, the ownership projections are algorithmic in most places. We 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 have algorithmically uh, generated ownership projections, but we also, obviously, like guys like Tuttle, I know, make manual adjustments all the time. So there will be adjustments made for that. But for the most part, almost everywhere does algorithmic projected ownership because it's very tough to do. You know what I do? I change the ownership. How do I do it? I do it completely based on feel. And you know what ownership that I change? I change the players that matter only. I don't care about the 1% on players. Right? Maybe in showdown. Right? Maybe in showdown. Sure. Yeah. Okay. When you, you need to care about those players. But like, I care more about like, if I'm, if looking around and running through lineups or everything, if I go, yeah, based on this, I think uh, DeMontis Simonis is going to be more than 13% owned. I think he's going to be more like 20%. Owned. I, I don't I, I don't know. Don't take that as, as something for today's slate. I'm just making an example. And I will change it. But I won't I I, I don't change the fantasy points unless unless I have a reason to do so. Oh, DeMontis Simonis is going to play 40 minutes today. So I'm going to change his projection to 40 40 minutes. 
I don't have that expertise. I, I rely on our projections team to do it. They're converting the players into numbers to me. I may adjust some of the ownership. though. But you could do the same thing. Once you turn players into numbers, you're good. But how do you measure the accuracy of the projections? You get too hung up on, well, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this slate, right? That tonight's slate. I'm going to go to five different places that have projections. I'm going to take all 196 players that they project, get their projection, get this guy's projection, get that place's projection, get this place, and then compare it to what happened tonight. And then see, oh, what's the R squared of each? And go, oh, this one was better than the other. Like, and then you could look, you could look at one that's like, oh, this one's 0.87 and this one was 0.76. And you go, oh, 0.87. You look at those and you go, Oh, but they were the most off on Bain, Giannis, Seth Curry, Jalen Green, Cam Thomas. But they were really good on these like 5% on players. Like really accurate for that one slate, which doesn't mean much for one slate. Then you look at the another the, the another place's set of projections. You look at Roto-Grinder's set of projections and it's 0.76. And it's like, oh, much lower R squared. And then you look and like Bain, Giannis, Seth Curry, Jalen Green, Cam Thomas, way Wake, oh, they, they were really close on those projections. But on a lot of these these guys that played 18 minutes or something, the guys that were 2% owned, some of them, they were much, much further off. But which one's more valuable to you? It's more valuable that the players that are, are played more in more lineups, you have more accurate projections on, right? That if, especially if players are going to be high owned and you have a low projection or if players are going to be low owned and you have a high projection. Getting all 196 players doesn't matter to me. And maybe you could even just take the top 20. Take the top 20 owned players. And then measure that. And then do that over the course of, I mean, hundreds of slates. And then you go, okay. But if anything, to me, for NBA, I the subjective data is what I care about more than anything else. The minutes in basketball, the pitch count in, in baseball. Plays, number of plays in, in NFL. Right. What 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 is how many how many rushing plays? How many passing plays? That type of thing. More so than the than the model in and of itself. Because the model, once you put in that that more subjective data, they're not gonna be that much different. It's not it's not that once you know what you're doing, you could do it pretty well. Well enough for DFS purposes. MLB, you just have, uh, uh, Daniel says, pitch counts and pitch. Yeah, you also pinch hit risk. That's correct. Cardi ha- has that in uh, in the bat as well. So that's why I wanted to go over this, because people, people ask me all the time. You play DFS. You subscribe everywhere. I, 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 don't, I don't deny it. I subscribe places even if I think they're bad. There are plenty of sites that uh, in certain sports, especially, I think their data isn't good. But you know why I want why I want to see it? Because other people are looking at it and they're going to judge based on that data. And I go, I don't know why they should. Right? There's something like that. And there are strengths and weaknesses here at Roto Grinders as well. Sometimes on an MMA slate, you know, Moneyball has ownership of a guy at like 6%. And I go, it's more like 10 Whereas someone like like 36, and I'm like, eh, we're like 28, right? 
only because I'm consuming so much, you know, content around and seeing what, what lineups come together. It's like, yeah, these, these mid-range fights aren't going to be as low-owned as you think because you kind of have to use, I think, most of these builds that people are going to play. You're going to require some someone between 7,800 and 8,200. So these, these ownerships are going to go up a little or up a lot. Like, that's that's what I'm putting in. And then, but sometimes you go to some, some other place some for MMA projections, and they're even worse. It's like, oh, this guy's going to be four percent owned. It's like, not you're not, you're not I mean, you're not even in a ballpark. Fourteen, it's more like fourteen. This the the ninety two hundred dollar female fighter with a plus three sixty five inside the distance line, and no grappling, is going to be twenty percent owned. I'm like, no, it, she's going to be six percent owned, eight percent owned, something like that. But then there's Certain places that are better than others, right? But you need you need something. The key, the key to all of this is that instead of worrying, worrying, do I have the most accurate projections? Know that projections are table stakes in DFS. Table stakes. I think they are required. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this, and you're like, yeah, I just build lineups in the toilet. You're probably not a long, going to be a long-term winner in DFS without getting incredibly lucky. You're going to have to have a way to turn player names into numbers. Either by doing it yourself, and there are plenty of people out there that you could do. I could do it myself. I can do this. I could build a model. It would be in Excel. It wouldn't be very efficient, but I could do it. I could build a model that if I didn't want to, if I didn't want to look at, at Roto Grinders or anything, that I think I could be profitable in DFS. The thing is, the time to do that and maintain it. What do you think I paid for Roto Grinders before I was a host here? I was a Roto Grinders subscriber. I paid less than a hundred dollars a month for everything. I think it's a steal. It's ridiculous. The bat, Cardi, the bat should be like five thousand dollars. It should be, but it's nowhere close to that. It's what, like 300 bucks maybe or something, something like that. It should be 5,000 for the amount of time it would take me to actually do that. Or ownership projections. Like that's why I said that the, the, the price of a Roto-Grinders combo premium package is just, just for the projections is so cheap in comparison to what you, I mean, it's tabled. It's the most required thing you need. I could show up to any slate in any sport five minutes before with these numbers and build plus EV lineups. Could I do it myself? Yeah, sure. Do I want to spend eight hours a day managing like 10 different sport projections or no? And am I going to be able to do it better, more accurately than Roto Grinders? No. And let's say I could, I can only do it by maybe a small extent, maybe. And that's after years of tweaking. Why the hell would I want to do that from an efficiency standpoint when I can pay $99 a month and get everything? How much is my time worth? $99 a month. I mean, my time, when I when I, when I do web development, I charge more per hour than that. Typically like $125 an hour when I was doing the, the higher end web development. $99 a month? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, I'll, that's... that's, that's, that's it's like paying the water bill. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. So caring about who is more accurate, it's like, 
If anything, I, I agree with Daniel Hutchings. Go with the more the subjective data. What team do you trust more? Do you trust that the NBA team is really on the ball when it comes to minutes and updating lineups, updating projections, and knowing what they're talking about? If so, then their their projection model is going to be pretty good. Same thing for NFL, same thing for any other sport. The subjective info is being put in by subject matter experts and then run through a model to get all of these other numbers. So if you trust the team, you trust the numbers. And truthfully, most of the teams in this industry that do projections are pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good regardless. So the differences between are going to be marginal. But the differences between any projection set in the entire industry and someone that has no projections is dramatic. So that's why I want to reiterate the point that whenever anyone asks me, yeah, I'm 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 looking to step on my game and actually, you know, transfer from being a losing player to a winning player. And maybe, maybe, maybe in 2023, I, I get to the fact that this is a game of math and not a game of like who knows sports better. And maybe I need to convert player names into numbers. What's the best projections out there? My answer is any of them are fine. Any choose whatever whichever ones you want. Okay, but any of them is better than none. Personally, I choose Roto Grinders, right? I've been here the longest. Obviously, this is a Roto Grinder show. And it is true. And it is true. When I play NBA, what is the projection set that I utilize the most? I look at them all. But which ones do I trust the most? I trust ours. I have Roto-Grinders. Baseball, Cardi, the bat. Football, Cardi, the blitz. If I didn't have Cardi's the blitz, I would use the Roto-Grinders projections. I, I aggregate them together anyway. Right? And they're close enough. Go, go, go look around. You're not going to see things that are dramatically off from one another. Often, MMA MMA ownership projections. Well, I'm I'm, I'm roto grinders. Now I'm st- now the ownership stuff. I I tweak a little because I I consider myself like better with that subjective data. But as a starting point, roto grinders. That's why you sign up for a combo premium package. If you're playing DFS regularly, 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 multiple sports. More than a couple of times a week. When people are like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for content. I'm going to pay for projections. You don't understand how cheap $99 a month is for everything. It's ridiculously. I mean, it's so, it's, it's so underpriced. Like, dude, I wouldn't be able, like, look, if, if, if all the projections in the industry were gone, Roto-Grind, we didn't offer projections for players or ownership, and none, none, none of our competitors did as well. Like, dude, I probably wouldn't even play DFS. I, I, I don't, I don't. Would it be worth it to even play DFS anymore? Because I have to build this all out myself. And you know what? That's what people were doing back in 2013, 2014. That's what people were doing. That's why those people were winning. Because the people that, that didn't have projections, there were much more of them. Now there, now there are more people that utilize projections. Now some people don't utilize them in the right way. But there's also still plenty of, there's half your contests that you're playing are people that don't utilize any projections. 
at all. They're so behind the ball. They have to rely on luck to win, pretty much. So it's table stakes. So whenever you see like, you know, oh, this 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 model has an R squared to this, and this model has an R squared to that, that model has an R squared to that, without any context, that means nothing. Ask about the context. Right? Is this, are you weighing all fantasy points versus actual? Are you are you doing it for one? How many slates? Are you normalizing it based on any any type of anything? Can you just show me the top twenty owned players? Or like like, it doesn't mean anything. Especially with usefulness, what can I use? But for the most part, no matter what what model, it's probably fine. Better than nothing. Daniel Hutchins says, I have no idea how the RG NBA team keeps up with all the changes. It's quite a feat. Yes, that's that's kind of what you're paying for. Then it gets updated. You see the timestamp and you use the numbers. And there you go. I mean, especially, I mean, c- coming from someone like like Daniel Nerdy Tanner, who was who was who was a ranked, high-ranked player in the RG leader, right? You're 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 up there, right? Nerdy Tanner. You're in the top 20 or something. Where are we? Where's the, where's the, where's the rankings? Not like, not like the rankings are all that, that big a thing. Right? Somewhere, somewhere up here. Yeah. 15th, right? Nerdy tender, 15th overall. Daniel doesn't watch sports. He uses, he uses our projections. <laughs> I mean, like, like most of the people you see here, in some fashion, use projections that are available to you. Whether it be Roto-Grinders, whether it be some other place, whether it be an aggregate of a bunch of them. Now, they may be using those projections and simulating other stuff. They may be taking that as raw data and doing other things with it. But a lot of, a lot of the play, I mean... If you talk to some some of the, the the top players in the game that used to do like Brick Brick seventy five right he's up here somewhere right down eighteenth he used to have models for every sport and he's he's freely admitted that he's replaced his model with other with publicly available ones because they're either more accurate than his or close enough that he doesn't want to have to do the work anymore and that's what he's that's what he uses and he's not why he's not. He's not watching NBA games. So as long as you have this basic data, you should you should be able to build plus EV lineups. Stop spending time on worrying which which model is more accurate than the other. They're all fine. Just build plus EV lineups and, and survive variants, and you're fine. You're good. Make sure you're using the projections properly. Right, not running 150 optimal lineups into a large field GPP. Right, don't do that crap, or build lineups that are way too low projected for the contest. Oh, Daniel says he started to watch some golf and some MMA. Believe it or not, oh, ooh, ooh. Green Bean Bill says, "What's oh, okay? Well, it's added out of blue." So you posted a little while ago about 2022 earnings in Life EV. I thought it was a solid perspective. Yeah. I'm playing DFS less and less and making more money. 
okay? And more money in relation to the time. Maybe not more raw money. But then I'm spending my time doing more things that I enjoy. I'm not saying I don't enjoy DFS. But like I replaced NBA DFS with poker. And now I play poker three times a week. Instead of NBA DFS. And making more playing poker than NBA DFS. And spending technically spending less time. Even though I have to be sitting at a table and playing poker. It's still less time than sitting at a computer and making light swaps and stuff. Instead of playing every soccer slate, I play, I play, I play, play the three plus gamer ones on Saturdays for soccer. Okay. Play MMA. I'm going to play MLB every day, but there's, there'll be some Saturdays that I don't play, right? Some Sundays, you know, don't want to deal with the noon uh, starting lineup changes. And, you know, this guy's at, and maybe they don't have the 230 games in or something. Maybe I don't play them. But from a life, life EV, I'm, I, I couldn't be happier. Remember, my, my goal is never to make all the money. It's to make enough that I'm happy. So I've replaced that. If you have that perspective, we would align very much on this show. Okay, so if you got any questions, we went over, we went over this. I'll, I'll refer to uh, this as measuring accuracy R squared. So uh, people ask, you know, what are the most accurate projections? How do you measure you measure the accuracy projections? You know, stuff like that. By the time we get to the end of it, right? We were an hour through, and the answer is doesn't matter, right? Use whatever projections you want. But I would suggest you use the ones that I use primarily, and that's here at Roto Grinders. So pick up a combo premium package, get all the sports, get all the numbers for all the sports. Click on that link in the description, get ten dollars off. Your first month, you get the projections, you get the ownership numbers, you get everything, you get lineup HQ, you get like, dude, this is just load up lineup HQ any day for any sport. This is all you this is all you need to build profitable lineups. You don't have to overthink this. Well, I need to get this projection and that projection. What you could if you want. But I would suggest the Rotor Grinders projections. They will give you everything that you need for every sport. So go pick that up. Obviously, Theory of DFS. I taught we talk about how projections are made and everything in chapter three of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. So stuff like R squared, right? And correlation coefficients and those types of things. That's in the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. So if you want to learn more about that, go pick that up at theoryofdfs.com. You got questions about DFS strategy about mathematical topics like this as it relates to daily fantasy sports, go email them to me, questions at theoryofdfs.com. This show is guided by you, right? So you're sitting there going, why is he talking so much about R squared? It's because people have asked it, right? You have a question, I got an answer. That's why I'm here. So give me those thumbs ups on your way out the door and I'll be back tomorrow for Fighting Friday talking about the MMA slate. It's an earlier one. It's right 3 p.m. Eastern. So make sure make sure you, you know when lock time is. But we'll t- be talking about that tomorrow. And then next week, we'll be back again. Soon getting to the MLB primer. You got MLB questions, send them in. So I, I'm prioritizing anything that's specifically about MLB. Send them in questions at theoryofdfs.com and I will answer them like I always do. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show.
on rotogrinders.com.